Hello and welcome. We are here in conversation with a passionate individual who strives to voice the unheard, Jigyasa Mishra. Jigyasa Mishra, ma'am, is an independent journalist at Pari People's Archive of Rural India who reports on gender, public health, and civil liberties. She's an independent journalist reporting from rural areas of North India in the form of text, video, and photo stories. So we welcome you, ma'am. Thank you so much for joining in. Thank you, Janvi, for having me. Um, so yes, ma'am, how have you been? How are you doing? I'm well, I've been traveling. I just returned from Bihar. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so it was a reporting trip again. So yeah, I'm working on that. That's great, ma'am. So um, coming to your recent article, that is Uttar Pradesh COVID-19 survivors test positive for stigma. So it's a very interesting, yet a very deep topic. So could you please take us through the journey of the rural people residing in Uttar Pradesh? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, this particular report, uh, the headline of which you just narrated, uh, I have been working on this since I guess past three or four months. So, I mean, I was traveling uh, even in June and obviously uh, till now, but uh, so this contains case studies of people from then to now, uh, like, you know, uh, there were people who had then returned uh, from their respective cities of work uh, to the, uh, the villages they belong to. And there they were facing a lot of stigma, like, you know, if, uh, for instance, I'll, I'll uh, tell you the case of a Muslim family. So the family was, you know, boycotted by the uh, another communities and the majority of the communities which were Hindu in their village. Uh, you know, the, the son of the family was told by the barber, by the barber that, you know, you don't, you better don't come to my shop because you're Muslim, you have Corona. And so that jihad connection happened there. So that, that stigma of, uh, about the minorities that you know they are the carriers so that is one thing i um, uh, came across in one particular village of kanpur uh, then stigma around uh, the you know the patients i mean the people who uh, once came positive got treated returned back healthy uh, faced different kind of discriminations from the neighbors from the uh, from the ration shopkeepers you know so they were literally struggling to get the ration which was a challenge back then i mean if you talk about may or june so uh, this this was another thing uh, then even in the hospitals you know uh, stigma has has been of various kinds uh, so even with the patients with the with the covid positive people those who had now recovered and those who never have had covid you know those who never turned uh, uh, out to be positive, they uh, went through it. So there were different layers. And then why, why I mentioned the uh, minority community, the Muslim community, is that you see there are layers of... Uh, uh, there are layers of uh, 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 discriminations. Not One, it. because they were the migrant laborers returning. Yes. Two, they were financially uh, very poor. Three, again, they were the they were the minorities. So that that again revolves. So that involves uh, different reasons. So yeah, so uh, that reports uh, has few such cases. 
I mentioned from UP. Yes, ma'am. So is this uh, based on the religion factor that we find the survivors testing positive for stigma or is it generally because there's uh, less of education in that area? Exactly. I would say uh, the latter, the latter, the lack of education plus uh, I would say there had been some uh, uh, role of fake news, we would say, you know, or some fake news or which, which goes on and on in especially in very rural villages i would not say that happens only in up but since i worked excessively in up and obviously bihar also so uh, that circulation of fake news and then uh, those beliefs uh, religious beliefs uh, uh, i would rather say uh, superstitions a, a lot of thing you know uh, forms a shell and then obviously the person suffers more and more because of that so yeah, lack of education is a very, very uh, major factor that uh, all of this has been happening. Yes, ma'am. So you seem quite passionate and very much interested in this whole factor of getting into the ground realities and understanding the situations of what people go through in these communities. So uh, I wanted to ask you that, uh, what inspired you? How did you develop this passion? Or were you this vocal since uh, child or had you developed it over a period of time when you joined the world of journalism? Uh, first of all, thanks for all those nice words. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'll, so I'll tell you uh, that, I mean, I find it interesting that, uh, you know, I have done my schooling. In fact, till my graduation, uh, I have been in my hometown, which is Chitrakoot. It is in Bundelkhand region of uh, Uttar Pradesh. So, well, in fact, half MP and half UP. So our house is in uh, UP and the schools, uh, we went to the university, which that was in UP. So that was our daily shuffle because it's on border. So I was here. Uh, um, while I was in May 11, 12th, I, uh, I tried, but I mean, we tried, my family tried, but we didn't get any tutor coaching because obviously small place, no facilities. Uh, then uh, I obviously wanted to, I mean, I did not know much about journalism, I would be very honest here, but uh, during my school times, I was, yes, I was vocal. Yes, I was expressive uh, in different mediums, you know, be that uh, writing, be that speaking, be that painting, sketching, all of that. Uh, but little did I know that, you know, there could be something like this, I could pursue uh, and do this professionally. So I did my graduation in biology, uh, but, uh, while I was still my second year, I uh, I had this urge to read English newspapers, which by then I had never read. Because in Chitrakoot, we did not get any English newspaper, not a single one. So even after I tried requesting my hawker that, you know, Bhaiya, can you please get me an English newspaper? Any any uh, paper would do. They would say, okay, I'll, I can, but then you'll get it one day uh, older, a day older newspaper. Uh, so then uh, I started reading and then I was like, it, it would, it was my fantasy kind of that, you know, someday I want my name to be written here at the place of this journalist, you know, which we, uh, in journalism called byline. So, you know, I want to have a byline. I did not know byline then. So, uh, yeah, so that started to happen from there. And then I started to write for little magazines. Um, uh, this kind of thing happened. And then finally I did my master's from, uh, Lucknow, uh, the Central University, and I was always—I have always been an average student. I have never been an, 
you know a topper or so but then uh, because i knew that you know uh, what i have to do is beyond classroom kind of so yeah but then i definitely that luck going to lucknow and studying that was um, an eye opener for me i literally saw the world while that happens when you move out of a town where you have lived all your life and then uh, a capital city so yeah i was in my final years when i started working with times of india that happened and i worked with few organizations and that is when after doing that uh, for maybe 2 to 3 years i realized that you know okay i want to do journalism i want to uh, do photojournalism also i want to write also i want to make uh, video stories also obviously the news stories but i can not work in an organization and you know be there uh, for 12 hours and uh, report and so that kind of started to irritate me and thankfully pari happened uh, people say that so rural india i'll be very honest <laughs> i i wrote to them maybe three to four times i sent my pitches you know you have to send your pitch to an organization to a new organization which accepts in independent journalists which got rejected obviously <laughs> two to three times i guess uh, and but then i was i was very <laughs> focused that you know no matter how many times they're going to reject me one day they're going to accept me my pitch <laughs> and that happened and then i talked to mr sainath who is a wonderful human uh, the best mentor i've come across in the world of journalism i'm sure whosoever knows him would say the same so yeah since then pari is happening learning with every story i'm learning with every story be that uh, the way of writing be that the way of reporting how you uh, bring rural india uh, into focus which the mainstream media uh unfortunately fails to do pari is doing and i'm really glad to be a part of it that's quite inspiring to know man that uh it's uh, the um there's some uh, real life situations that you felt that's driven you to um get towards your goal that today uh you know you're known for so that's pretty insightful and pretty inspiring story man so um now that uh, you know like you know about the ground realities especially uh, you know the rural people living in uttar pradesh so could you please tell us a few of your first hand experiences or instances uh, with respect to witnessing inequality or hearing about it from people around you mm-hmm. yeah sure why not um so there are hundreds of them um from uttar pradesh from bihar from madhya pradesh um uttarakhand and northeast i found way better than than uh, these states uh, i just mentioned the three first states i mentioned i found much better um so i'll tell you i'll begin from the uh, i will begin from gender equality inequality um so uh, i mean i it was lockdown it was um, uh, may it was may when i came across this woman in uh, who obviously um, was in a rural uh, area of chitrakoot it is in manikpur block of uh, chitrakoot the village i won't mention the name of the village here so i met this woman uh, who happens to be a muslim the family is muslim she was married uh, there uh, some 2 years back the family is muslim uh, uh, they barely had any income back then because the whole sole earner was uh, her husband who then was hitting her every day why because the lady was asking him to feed their kids 
the lady was asking him to you know get some money uh, or maybe not money get some ration so that they can uh, do the bare minimum they can she could uh, cook two times and just because she would ask for it she was beaten and she was beaten so bad i met her uh, while she was unable to walk properly uh, because uh, uh, she was beaten uh, a couple of days uh, earlier when i met her and you know she as soon as i met her she started to cry she uh, pulled me literally pulled me by uh, she held my arm she pulled me in her room and she was like uh, you know i am opening my clothes you just you see for yourself uh, the marks on my body and tell me what do i do please take me to my parents uh, uh, and uh, that was the time when you know there were no week, uh, there was no uh, proper mode of commute so that was a challenge and then doing this without any uh, legal involvement was also uh, a thing for me so i did involve some ngos and obviously the police and we did we dealt it uh, that way how it was supposed to but i'm trying to tell you here is that you mean you see gender uh, gender then you see uh, uh, that the lady was not financially independent so she could not do anything she could not move out and take her kids uh, forget about moving out and taking her kids away uh, she could not feed herself and her kids she had a uh, a year old boy and uh, some months old daughter so um, so you know these uh, intersectionality of, of definitely affects obviously it adds on uh, the problems uh, there is one problem that she is uh, she does not have finances there is another problem she is a woman obviously the in the male dominated society in the in the very male dominated uh, family the mother and the uh, sister of the uh, the man who was hitting her would not say anything would not stop him from doing so why because they were scared that they he would hit us too this is what they told me yeah if it's not male dominant uh, see what what else is it so this and uh, so uh, here i would not say um, that you know it was because of the religion because it happens in other religions also so that's a different thing here uh, so that was this was a domestic example this was something happening inside the house then another case i would tell you from uh, this village of uh, uh, mahoba which is another district in uttar pradesh again in bundelkhand region Uh, a family was tortured by another family who happened to be uh, a Thakur family, an upper caste family. This was a scheduled caste one. They were tortured because uh, this family asked them, the Thakur family, that you know, uh, please wear the mask and uh, then uh, do come to um, do come around us or do come out of your house uh, so that you know we are all safe. And uh, this happened, and then they uh, faced a lot of abuse. and the abuses obviously in, uh, involved the uh, the casteism and that you know how can you tell us uh, how much do you earn tell us how do you have any earning you know you have been living uh, upon our uh, what there was a particular hindi local term for it i'm not getting it right now so you know hamare tukdo pe pale ho tum tum hame kya bataoge yeah these kind of things so you see here finance uh, financial step, uh, status uh led by uh caste and uh, so yeah obviously obviously intersectionality uh, uh 
you know increases the problems and you, we see it as a linear we most of us see intersectional problem you know there is a gender issue uh, biasness then uh, we see uh, financial uh, differences then there could be racism there could be uh, discrimination based on the religion caste and religion all of that but it is actually not linear it is all a web it's all a web which is interlinked and and that is why it is a challenge needs to which is needed to be dealt very very delicately suffocating the people in that particular community uh, right. as to how to get out of that web that the society has created hmm. uh, for um, themselves but also for the other people living so yeah so like and it seems so normal it seems so normal which actually is not for the person who is going through it yes so like inequality is basically has been a part of uh, us like in the indian economy in indian society for years for decades for centuries the... i would rather say yeah so it's like even if we are born with it or we grow up watching it we don't realize that this is not normal this is not supposed to be there unless exactly we see it on television saying oh there's something called as gender equality yeah it would be very normal for us if a mason uh, or a laborer who is you know constructing some part of our house or maybe repairing or doing whatever is served in a disposable glass uh, maybe that could be water that could be chai hmm. they just treat it as though yes that is their position and they are supposed to be there in that position then yeah so that's a normal thing. that's a normal thing it's pretty disheartening to know all of these factors uh, yeah. and to hmm. all these stories though their realities they are disheartening yeah oh it is and and the sad part is that we don't even realize that this is something which should not have been happening and this is something which is not really normal we don't realize it yes ma'am so it's it's uh, pretty much today like the cities are pretty much evolved and then hmm. because they are educated again so the root of these causes itself is education educate not only in academic terms but in value terms yeah. so yes ma'am so uh, i just wanted to know that since you've encountered and met people personally could you take us through the sequence that the uttar pradesh um people are facing and the people in uh, madhya pradesh the people in bihar are facing in terms of this covid-19 lockdown itself so since march or since february until now what has been the situation there um okay so the situation have uh, has obviously been different for different people uh there have been people uh, sorry <laughs> begin <laughs> uh so i have met people who could just not wait to go back to the cities they had reverse migrated from you know they were like um uh we cannot do anything here we have uh, we have no source of income because the city was uh, our life whatever we would earn that was from there and what what do i do here you know we can't do anything here so we have to go back anyway we have to go back so that is what we are waiting for but then there were there were also people who would say that uh, you know we are longing for uh, something uh, we get here for i'll tell you example of uh, east uttar pradesh i happened to visit this belt gorakhpur devariya kushinagar belt uh, in august last week 
and uh, most of the people there were of the opinion uh, that you know um, we uh, we just wish we had any kind of industries here any factories here the government uh, is now the uttar pradesh uh, we know that uttar pradesh government um, um, back then announced that you know we would uh, do all the arrangements for the uh, up based migrants here and they would not be uh, they would they won't need to go to the cities again so the uh, migrant workers who had returned with their families with there were families who had five children husband wife and five children there were families which had you know four th- children three children so a family of maybe seven or family of maybe five uh, they had nothing to do here in the villages they started taking uh, loans from people they knew in the village so they were of the opinion that you know this is the only thing we can do here because we know people here we can take loans but then we have to go back and work and get the money so that we can return it so that was all temporary so um, th- this was the case here in madhya pradesh similarly in madhya pradesh uh, so people had been lit- uh, returning from maharashtra they had been returning from gujarat they had been uh, returning from delhi we all know uh, the three major hubs where the uh, majority of reverse migrations happened from so they were all mentally prepared to you know we have to go back because we there's no point we expect the sarkar to do things uh, for us here when the sarkar could not even safely drop us back to our places so these were many of opinions of a lot of people and obviously the education which were bad which was badly affected you know they switched to online education the i mean the online education mode but when while we were switching to it why did we not consider the people who barely uh, have had uh, cell phones and even if they had uh, smartphones what about what about that access yeah so that inaccessibility was a big challenge has been a big challenge let's see what happens the schools are about to reopen but drop out rates has been in, uh, have been increasing they are about to uh, increase i have been talking regularly to a lot of ngos who work um, uh, for uh, female child care education and stopping uh, early marriage and they are of the opinion that you know uh, this this whole scenario has affected girls education a lot there there are supposed to be a lot of drop out rates a hike in drop out rates resulting into early marriages so you see this chain of problems So yeah this is how the scenario has been so with regards to uh, increasing in dropout rates uh, one of the options you know is that there might be early marriages but also that there might be an increase in the child labor especially um, now when india was going down with it now that uh, with um, the global goals indian government was working towards it so this hmm. would that lead to another vicious circle of getting the child back to labor correct very much very much um uh, i was talking to this organization uh, the other day from gorakhpur oh i'm sorry shravasti shravasti uh, another district in uttar pradesh so they uh, told me that you know they uh, took 150 uh, children out of child labor in one week this is somewhere last month this happened somewhere last month that's pretty nice um, yeah so, but you see the but you see the number 150 children in rescued se- out of child labor in one week yeah in 7 days so that's a huge number from one particular district 
and Shravasti is on the uh, Shravasti has uh, its borders um, touching Nepal. So uh, while uh, unlock one uh, happened, uh, again <laughs> transportation started. Some of the children were brought from Nepal. So you know that transportation started to happen, trafficking. Uh, or then again, topped with child labor. That also happened. So you see, these people see opportunities even in the pandemic. So yes. yeah, that, that again has been a challenge. Where do we see the solution of uh, especially child labor and early marriages when it comes to these um, communities? Uh, so uh, I don't know if I'm the right person to answer this, but uh, only education is only only education is not going to serve the purpose it definitely is not uh, and but then i i again i would say here it's not about just being a feminist i'm saying it but normally if if the woman if the girl, if we focus on girl education i'm not saying we don't on the uh, on the boys but then if we focus on girl education and if we prioritize their education over her marriage or over getting rid of her which is a very common phenomenon in rural India. We can't say, oh, what you say? Because that's a very normal thing. You know, getting her married, take, uh, uh, you know, keeping her in house till she becomes 18. Uh, it's a headache. It's a headache for a lot of people there in the villages who has who have five children only because the first four were girls. So do we not know the tendency? Why did they have five uh, children? While the fifth is, uh, while the earliest one is a boy? So there are a lot of things which could affect us, you know, first, so this, the gender inequality, it is behind a lot of things. It is behind a lot of the reproductive health of women. I, I've lately been reporting on reproductive health of women. So why are you having five children? So, you know, my mother-in-law wanted a grandson. What would I do? My, my husband wanted a boy. What would I do? So the, the woman has, I recently met a woman in rural Gaya, uh, which is an Adarsh village, the village I'm, uh, the village from where this case is, it's an Adarsh village, which was adopt, adopted by Prime Minister Modi. And there a woman tells, a woman tells me that, you know, I already have had two abortions. I now have three girls. And now I am expecting, and I just wish it is a boy. What else then? I mean, what if it is not? So this inequality, is this not gender inequality? It is in a indirectly, in a very complicated way. Again, it's a web. It's, it's not a linear problem where we see this one, two, three, four, five problems. Okay, we tackle one by one. We just cannot. It's all a web. So we, we were talking about child labor. We have come here. So that's what I was trying to say. Yes, ma'am. So I think uh, all of this is very, uh, it, it is the reality and it needs to be accepted. And plus it's also that the mindset, inequality mm. somewhere, a simple uh, discrimination. So yeah, it, and it goes on from generations to generations. You know, if, if uh, uh, a woman has been, uh, if a woman has seen her mother her mother-in-law eating uh, uh, last or eating less or eating in a smaller plate, you know, 
be that quantity be that quality she would automatically do the same because that has she, she has not taught to do so i mind you she hasn't been taught to do so but this is what she, she had seen all her life so that automatically becomes the normal and which passes on which just passes on yes ma'am so seeing a lot of scenarios like this i really want to ask you in fact uh, for mm-hmm. the audience today who are listening as to what are the major few steps that can be taken to reduce inequalities around us at home or in our neighborhood in like the nearest community that we belong to thanks for asking this and i would now say that you know forget stepping out of your house leave the neighbors leave the community bring the chain inside a change inside your home instead your room i would rather say it, and before that uh, uh, be that change because i i be that change i mean that you know if you start to speak up against it you'll have to speak up against it every day in fact 10 times a day maybe with your own parents i'm not talking about you in general i'm saying it could be uh, that you know you uh, you or i have to talk uh, to about, uh, talk about it or maybe which could lead to arguments very normal which is very normal which could lead to arguments that, you know why are you doing this why are you not eating together why did you serve it him in a bigger plate yeah why 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 uh, did you give this big portion uh, of um maybe kheer or whatsoever this dessert to to papa and why did don't uh, you take it so i'm just saying that that has to happen from uh, that has to happen inside the house and if it's happening inside it would automatically follow it would automatically follow because that is within us we accept it and that is our, i i would say that definitely it is the fault uh, it is the fault of what has been uh, passed on to us but then it is also our fault that after realizing it is wrong we practice it and we just let it be and you know okay fine let it be they are like that it's not going to be the same then the uh, thinking of someone else can actually stand up and um change yeah. but you know unless and until we as people do it for ourselves we can't really correct like or we would never be able to yeah and help us face this in yeah kare and this idea of you know uh, we have different ideology on feminism uh, but we can still be friends bloody hell we can't you know we just cannot yes so it is not something to disagree upon yes ma'am so like how inequality facing inequality and questioning about it should start at home how do you think that schools in general <laughs> instill that mindset in the children that every child mm-hmm. every child is equal okay so first of all uh, cricket should be a game for both genders i'll tell you this example of my school where it was for boys you know we had volleyball the cricket match happened inter house cricket competition and obviously it was for boys and we didn't bother oh, yeah because that was not for us we would sit in the balconies and cheer or maybe do whatever else but then so what is this if not the gender discrimination yes it is yeah and then home uh, there some schools teach home science i don't know if they still do or not they used to do so you know girls are supposed to do that a lot of so these this what are you teaching your students why they are students they're not girl students or boy students 
especially if it is co-education uh, co-education yes ma'am so then yeah so that that is something uh, which has to be normalized that you know let let the child or let the student decide what he or she wants for himself or herself you just cannot you cannot tell the uh, uh, girls that uh, uh, you know you have to uh, we are uh, a particular uh, thing for the you know the, the in annual functions there would be some specific things cheerly okay for for that instance the cheer cheerleaders would be the girl why cannot that be boys i mean let them see let them see for themselves what they want to do so yeah <clears throat> sorry please bear with me okay um so um exactly so where um we differentiate people that's where inequality exists so it's there's no definition for inequality it's just that you differentiate a and b yeah that's inequality that's and i could do that differentiation between c and a so that yeah mindset and that mindset converting into action that's where the goes mm. so uh, yes ma'am so and and one thing i am um, sorry to interrupt you a uh, very important thing i forgot to add and sorry for that that while we talk about gender inequality why do we only talk about male and female where are the trans people yeah so that is extinct i mean that that is not even in the consideration while we talk about feminism do we do you and me include trans women in this i doubt that uh, many of us do you know they are not even in the thought process that you know they also face gender equality who else faces that more than them so transphobia is way beyond i mean we have i don't know how many miles do we have to go yes ma'am it's pretty yeah. so it's so we, that that is a very very delicate a very big segment of gender inequality inequality yes ma'am it's very um, obvious and it's actually right to approve and who are we to even approve them they are yeah at the end we can't just why do they need an approval exactly so that's um, thank you so much for bringing that topic in minds ma'am so it's not gender equality does not mean only male and female but it's also about the lgbtq communities that are living yeah. here they're equally important as anybody yeah. else yes ma'am so um coming to the uh, next um sequence of it uh so mm-hmm. you currently working on this year could you like give us a glimpse on it because i read your latest article mm-hmm. on the covid-19 survivor stigma and um mm-hmm. that that is like me living in a city that's reading your articles or reading uh, articles of people so passionate about you is where i get to know the ground realities so um what are you working on for the next um, sequence okay so uh, i uh, in I, uh, from october i started to work on um, i mean i got this fellowship from uh, thakur foundation which is us based uh, which uh, expects me to report on public health and civil liberties beyond that i am also reporting on reproductive health women reproductive health um and so reproductive health is one uh, uh, one big segment i'm working on i'm researching on and reporting on uh, then obviously public health so i uh, recently did my trip from uh, bihar trip and also uttarakhand trip uh, 
and obviously rural areas so uh, different uh, uh, different scenarios of different people like i'll i'll tell you bihar uh, has a very bad a pathetic healthcare system be that infrastructure wise or be that the manpower yeah uh, uh which is which is uh, i and i think on the cake is corruption i mean we uh, they target even uh, those who barely have the money to commute from their house the juggies to the sarkari hospital they would expect them also to you know pay something or or the else so this is this, this is something i um, came across in Uh, district Vaishali, District Madhubani, and Darbhanga. These three districts of Bihar. So that's something I came across. So yeah, I'm uh, reporting on uh, all of this. Um, yeah, pretty insightful. So again, there are uh, stems or there are aspects of inequality coming into picture when you're reporting. Yes. Stories. So yeah. yes, ma'am. So another thing I want to ask you is that. Um, since the time you entered into this um world or sector of journalism and from there mm -hmm. until now what has been your um impact on your life as to inequality how did you perceive it then and how has it evolved mm -hmm. grown because today i am getting to learn about in i'm getting insights of inequality from you so how has this evolution even come in your mm -hmm. or in your acting <clears throat> okay okay so a lot of time uh, time what happens is that we um, we fail to see i won't say we fail but we don't actually we aren't able to see ourselves or, or our actions um, how beautifully we see others be that their faults be that their beauty so which is very obvious and which is very right that you know our reflection comes to us maybe later once we see five other people around us so that is something alike has happened with me also um, because my work requ uh, required me to travel i won't say excessively because uh, but yes a lot but yes a lot uh, so it required me to travel a lot and you know seeing this happening almost everywhere and you know uh, not even not only in the rural uh, i would share it here that you know uh, i rented my i rented a flat in lucknow um in one of my previous jobs um and you know my landlord the the my landlord uncle i found once uh, i found him once beating uh, his wife um and she would never complain about it. i mean I, i tried talking to her the other day because if i would have done that right then right there it could have been dangerous for her and before approaching the, the police i thought i would talk to her and she said no 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 uh, you don't need to do this we don't need to do this uh, he is like that only and let it be let it be so you see i was compelled to be mom i i was compelled to i mean i felt compelled i wanted to do something for i mean i wanted to help her but then before that i wanted her to uh, mentally want to help herself so um, and this this uh, almost similar experience i had with some other landlord of mine so, which i'm telling you this about urban lucknow not rural urban lucknow hmm. 
Because there are plastic. And, yeah, some of my friends, some of my very close friends, female friends I'm talking about, they would face domestic violence in some way or the other. Uh, so, you know, that, so uh, seeing that and then all being uh, on the field and experiencing it there, I mean, not experiencing, encountering it there. So, I mean, it, it strikes a lot that why is it so normal? Why is it so common even in the rurals, in the urban? In, and if it is, I mean, if it is with four people for, uh, whom I know, then how many more do we have? So, I mean, I, I just came here to tell you that uh, this and then getting to know many people who are experts on this, because while you report this, you always talk to people who, are, uh, who have been working on the same issues, uh, mainly uh, NGOs or some experts who have done their research already on this. Uh, so yeah, it gives you insights and not only insights, the scenario, you know, that you know things better and you're, better, uh, you're in a better position to self-analyze, you're better uh, in a better position to, you know, kind of uh, realize that, you know, there are a lot of things which happen with me are also not normal, which you earlier used to think what. So yeah, that is why I said, uh, I, I said that uh, you do not a lot of times know you uh, from the reflection of the mirror, but from people around you. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. So um, coming to your, your life, like uh, from the beginning of you getting into this field until now, mm -hmm. uh, as a woman in this uh, country, in this particular locality that you're in, then has there been any kind of uh, inequality that you face saying, oh, you're a woman, you can't do it. And mm -hmm. that can happen, me being in a city or anywhere else, you know, it can, mm -hmm. it's not only the urban rural picture, but it's the mindset yeah. of Indian uh, yeah. society that we live around. It, it, it very, uh, it happened very much. It did. So uh, I still remember I had gone to Lucknow for the admissions with my parents uh, and uh, the relative I, uh, we were staying at, uh, staying with. So he was like, you know, uh, why he, he was talking to my father. I heard him talking to my father, like, uh, why are you getting unenrolled in journalism? You know, she could do some MA or something. I mean, a simple MA or something, or she could uh, prepare for something. Well, you want to get her into journalism it is a rough tough thing it's a different thing she could go for teaching or something like that. so my dad is a professor so he would be given examples like you know he she could also go into teaching my mom is a teacher why this different thing and this uh, requires being on the ball all of that but thankfully i have parents who always supported me uh so that has been a blessing who have always been there uh, emotionally, financially, in whatever way we, uh, uh, we can expect. So yeah, th that helped me a lot. And so that is what we need. I, I never needed anything more, anything beyond. So those are the people who matter and the outsiders barely do. And yeah, th that's how I kept going. And um, I told you about uh, reading the crazy newspaper and fantasizing and dreaming that, you know, I would have my name there. And once that happened in Times of India, I was still studying. I was still in my master's and that feeling I mean, that is exceptional. That is exceptional when that happened. So yeah, that, and that, uh, uh, what do we say? That topped all those people who never wanted me to, I'm, I have never, I've not achieved a, a, a president award or something, but then whatever little I have, that is enough. Yeah. Yes. Uh, satisfactory. 
that that correct at the end of the day nothing else matters but the satisfaction of your talk from your work yes ma'am you're in the right direction and i think you should go forward that motivation when you get yeah see that's that's equally as good as an award ma'am that just yeah exactly uh so ma'am uh what would you like to convey to the young minds to millennials today with regards to um inequality and reducing it mm-hmm. okay one of the goals of sustainable development yeah. itself is reducing inequality right right so um very honestly i am no one to suggest someone i am no one literally to preach uh, anyone but what i practice is something i can share with you and that's the that's the least and max i can do is again the same thing that uh, we have to be the change we have to be the change and we have to bring that change within us that is when we would be able to uh, you know spread that positive vibes among others who be that family be that peer be that friends colleagues whoms whosoever so yeah we have to work on us not on the others because once that happens that would follow and that change would definitely follow and you will feel it you will feel it just give it a shot yes ma'am that's right so and also um having reducing inequalities as one of the global goals where do you see mm-hmm. actually achieving it i mean i wanted to know personally is perfect equality even possible or is it just a myth um a very complicating question uh, because see uh, we have i mean we have been facing and we have been doing this for ages now even when we were uh, uh, our country was not free we had inequality now after decades of that we have that within us and that is rooted you know it's not it's not something which is uh, you know uh, rare it's rooted in some way or the other if not caste i mean if not religion it would be caste if not that it could be um, uh, it could be financial status it could be gender racism i mean what not what not and then <clears throat> so yeah um, it is sad it is it is harsh but i doubt it is going to happen anytime soon and it needs and it needs a lot of work it needs a lot of time while we can say that now okay so aise uh, like um, like we announced india odf that way we can have uh, you know that way we can have equality all over by but i still go to the villages i have to walk through human shit in a village which is adarsh village in a village which, uh, which is which has been declared odf i walk through human shits uh, on both side of the lane of the village so if we talk about that way yes we can <laughs> but if we talk out of paper if we talk off paper we have to go miles we have literally miles to go yes ma'am so the base is very important the yeah and that base is me that base is you i mean we ourselves yes ma'am every individual who is every individual yeah even victim of it yeah so um and once we are victim we, we try to make others victim as well 
Yes, ma'am. By default. Yes, ma'am. So it happens that we don't know how to take a step forward, even if there's an older citizen doing it, and we can't really. Yeah. That oh, we, we don't want to get into a mess, and a lot of times we we like okay, that is how he has been for for his or her fifty years. Why do we expect him or her to change? Even Just do however he or she wants. Even the expectation of changing itself, like um, the respect, the factor of respecting somebody, and then. uh talking right but talking against yeah. it, make it sound not yeah respectful and like an argument so that yeah. is after that leave and step back because yeah. generations there has been a gap and the gap is also in the uh, phrase of inequality in the factor of inequality Correct. so when you talk Correct. today we think i'm equal and so is he so yeah but the people Older people who have been living it, areas hmm. for whom this this thought of uh, you know not practicing certain kind of inequality is a sin. You know how can you even say that? How can you even say to serve the um, the made in the plate or glass we eat and drink? So yeah, many other things like this. Just an example. Yes, ma'am. So this lockdown is one of the major factors that has brought to light. For a lot of, mm. though yeah. I did not get newspaper during this lockdown, yeah. but yeah. let me show that migrants specifically they face inequalities majorly. So, um, mm. yeah, I remember Erin, um, Soha Ali Khan, ma'am, actually uh, tied up with Whisper and uh, went ahead mm. to uh, supply these uh, sanitary napkins to um, women of Chitrakoot. So. Yeah. Uh, how has that uh, been man that transition of reporting the women of chitrakoot and then somebody actually uh, seeing witnessing the reality and coming to help yeah. you and yeah yeah to your support so how has that been man so uh, i mean what else do you want that you know your report is making an impact on the people who uh, needed that like anything that is the sole motive you know that is the sole motive that people know about it and if somebody comes forward to uh, acknowledge it and do something for it a reporter a journalist needs nothing beyond literally needs nothing and no award no award can uh, equalize that because those uh, you know thousand uh, girls were uh, were getting help who were helpless then So yeah, um, so that was that was really special, and that was really lovely of uh, Soha and Whisper, obviously, and very importantly, Pari for being such uh, an amazing platform for giving voices for being the voice of uh, millions of such girls. Yes, because it couldn't have been otherwise. Unheard people. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um. this whole aspect of supplying uh, sanitary uh, napkins and uh, the menstrual products out to the rural areas and especially chitrakoot so uh, right now ma'am what do you think like is that supplying factor going to help out because after a point of time it's going to be exhausted and you know they will need yeah. another set of uh, uh required so uh, yeah. how is that factor even going to help like how can we uh, 
support and help women like them to be self-reliant on themselves and not really dependent on somebody to come and help them out. Okay, yeah. So um, before we, uh, before I an answer this question of yours, I'll, uh, I'll tell you that uh, I reported about the girls who were using uh, fabric, which was dirty, who were reusing that fabric after, you know, drying it in some corner of the room, not in the sunlight, without washing it properly. So why? Because they were not educated about menstrual hygiene. Uh, and sanitary napkins are not the only things could be which could be used as menstrual absorbents. We can equally use a fabric, a normal fabric available at uh, homes, uh, provided we take care of it properly, provided we wash it properly, we dry it properly, which those girls did not know, which a lot of girls, which millions of girls do not know about. Yes, ma'am. That immediate help was really great. That immediate help was, uh, was you know, uh, much needed and very much appreciated by the girls. Uh, the COVID situation was present, like May, yeah, month, May June. With yeah. the hmm. so then it was very helpful it, it would always be a helpful thing but then they uh, they ought to know that even uh, without giving that supply uh, getting that supply they can take care of their menstrual health with the things available at home you know so uh, that is where education comes that is where awareness comes uh, that is where um, uh, organizations ngos uh, working for um, adolescent girls come forward, step forward and uh, even schools for that matter, they should begin from school. You know, schools, if schools are distributing sanitary napkins, I mean, as a norm, if they have been doing so, uh, a very little thing they could do is, you know, aware them that, you know, how can you take care of it even without sanitary napkin? So yeah, all of that. Yes, so that even uh, in, the, in the times when something again, as, as some something happens, if not a pandemic, a disaster happens or something else, you know, they are capable of taking care of it. They know how to deal with it. Yes, ma'am. So I think there are times when people have access, but they don't have awareness. When they have awareness, they don't mm -hmm. have access. So yeah, like uh, there's some, uh, you know, higher caste person or a family living in the rural area where the woman does not have access to it because the supplies might be farther from home or mm. a woman you know living in the, uh, rural uh, poor areas might uh, have access to it right next but might not have that mm. ability to use it or uh, might not have awareness to any of the equality factors so i think both okay. makes an aspect it's not only that the rural areas are they are majorly um, unequal but yeah oh, is every um, place in India, including okay. the urban poor society? So um, it, it is a very, I mean, absolutely problems uh, increase in the rurals. Uh, uh, again, intersectionality comes here. Many a times, uh, many a times, uh, financial problems. Uh, then again, uh, while if we if we bring here the lockdown period. Uh, not a lot of families have their private vehicle and they uh, they have had to depend on public transport to commute 
if there is no public transport uh, which the scenario was in lockdown how would um, the girl go to the medical shop or someone else from her go to the medical shop to get her the needed um, maybe pad or maybe something whatsoever whatsoever whatever would be of use because uh, not all the shops were open public transport was uh, was closed he or she is not that uh, uh, financially uh, well that you know uh, they can afford to hire a vehicle and then go so again it is uh, uh, yeah it is rife with intersectionality and problems absolutely increase in the rurals we there's no second thought so it's more of reducing inequality and coming out of the trap of intersectionality because it does have yeah. a impact but so there is a negative impact so mm-hmm. and so today's um conversation was very uh, insightful and very inspiring and um i got to learn of a lot of ground realities that you know more out of uh, what your article even says so uh thank you so much for that ma'am and thank you so thank much thank you for having me thanks a lot thank you ma'am